where you are. This channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Oh, fucking shit, lady. Do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? Kill it, though. Listen, my fathers ain't got equal rights in America. I ain't seen my kids for 953 days, 136 weeks, 2 years, 7 months, 9 days. 653 working days. That's 309 working days. 27 federal holidays. For the Honorable J.P. Brown. Welcome to Fathers and Family Court. I am your host, J.P. Brown. I'd like to take this time to welcome back all of our return listeners as well as give a first-time welcome to all of our first-time listeners. If you're a first-time listener of this podcast, uh, this is a Father's Rights podcast where we talk about uh, Father's Rights, Family Court, and um, the effects of parental alienation. Now, in season two, what we've been doing is talking to dads from all around the country. We've we've talked to dads as far west as California. We've talked to dads as far east as Maine, New Hampshire. Uh, one thing we've seen in common uh, is that um, even in the 50-50 states, um, dads are not given a fair shake in the courtroom. Uh, it seems to be, if you go back and listen to uh, any of the... What we interviewed about 40 dads so far this season. Um, go back and listen to these stories. See what's in common. These family courts want one thing. They want Title IV money. Uh, they want... Um, it should be what's the best interest for the children. And obviously all all cases are different. Each elected official um, has a different um, tone to their work. They each move differently. Um, but it seems like the formula uh, that they're being forced, they're expected to follow, is uh, aimed at um, finding whatever way possible to put uh, get dad out of the house, uh, let mom uh, put him on child support, and um, collect, be the middleman on that project, and collect dollars that nobody talks about. Um, and that's what this podcast is about, because uh, each of these dads just want to be uh, good men and fathers and good parents. Uh, they're human beings. Um, we wouldn't take, you know, it, yeah, it, it, it's classless uh, the way fathers are treated in the system in 2021. And everything since probably 1975. And I have no clue what uh, family court looked like before 1975. And honestly, that's something I'm going to look into. But I know what it's been doing since 1975 to our families. And I know that nobody I've spoken to or spoken with. Uh, I've been asking a ton of people off record, obviously. But how many people have I asked on record who have no clue what Title IV is? If you're a regular listener of this program, obviously you know uh, what Title IV is. Um, but if you're not, um, I'll just go ahead and explain it for him real quick. Title IV just incentivizes uh, states to put dads, put one parent on child support, um, usually dad. Um, it never mentions in the terminology, this is on your constitution, yours if you're an American. Uh, it mentions a deadbeat dad, but never ever mentions a deadbeat mom, as though that can't happen. And maybe in 1975 that was way less likely, but in today's world where technology raises people, and uh, there's 
things that are on the palm at the palm of our hand that we could never have access to seeing back then ever imagining in 1975 <laughs> uh it, it it's outdated <laughs> you know what i mean it's outdated it was wrote like two like literally a couple years after we got done <laughs> after it was okay for folks to not drink out the same fountain but we're still going by it still living by it how would it not be modernized updated it's weird uh but at any rate the NFL makes $10 billion annually, alright? And everyone knows that's the biggest show on the block. Sorry about that. But at any rate, uh, there's great people um, in the, uh, in, the in, 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 each, in each field, but they have to follow a strict set of very old rules. 10 million, 10 billion, 10 billion with the B dollars annually is what the NFL brings in, okay? And like I said, everyone knows they're the biggest show in professional sports. How important it is, how much, you know, everyone knows how much money they bring in. Family court annually is a $50 billion industry. That's four times what the NFL is, man. So just think about how powerful it is, how important it is that these old, very old formulas are followed. And no one knows what Title IV is. Everyone knows what the NFL is. What's the NFL? Everyone knows what the NFL is, but no one knows what Title IV is. That's weird to me. It's almost like by design, folks are not taught about Title IV. Weird. I'm trying to keep it to a low tone here. Uh, but um, I'm pretty secluded here pretty secluded uh, I'm pretty secluded but listen uh, I'll be brief about this um, I had trial anyone who's listening listening to this podcast you listen the entire season one while I was trying to figure out how to podcast you listen to me get a, a adjournment after adjournment after adjournment you listen to me not know what the hell was going on uh you just like that you know what i'm saying so i finally get down to the nitty-gritty of the you know whole thing and here it is we don't talk about anything pretty much they give me a that I'm getting ready to get 50-50, which I figure there's so many dads not seeing their children, not getting to experience what they're not getting a chance to experience being a father. Uh, and I was like, man, whatever, man, just I'm gonna take this bad, terrible, terrible deal, which. Again, my gut was saying something was really weird about what was going on. And I 
I've never walked in that building once and said I trusted anything they was doing, ever. And I've been really pretty open and honest about it. And rightfully so. I just don't, I don't want to, you know what I mean? I've been pretty open and honest about it. Um, I don't trust them. I don't trust what they're doing. It's a feeling, the spirit that's coming off from that place. That's just like, something's not right here and I can't put my finger on it. But I eventually had put my finger on it. I found it. Um, yeah, man. So I go to trial. You feel me? The day after I record my last podcast, the next day, um, episode, what was that? 40, 41. I think it's 40. The day after, okay, I <laughs> have trial. And like I said, they had me sign this deal. Now, on this deal, it says, uh, I don't get 50-50 until my daughter's done with school. Now, mind you, I haven't been given any homework or any extra assignments. She is in kindergarten, but I haven't been given anything school-wise. Like, I, she hasn't been talking about it, nothing. But, like, I don't, I'm not giving any progress on her school. I'm not giving anything about her schooling. But it says after school is out. So I can't, I don't even know what school she goes to exactly because it's never really been confirmed. So, uh, at this point, you know what I mean? So, um, (laughs) or maybe it was confirmed at some point and everyone thought everything was just the same. So anyways, we skip over all the details that might have, could have had had some meaning to them we skipped over all that and then we just got to child support topic of child support and then since they spurred it on me we I didn't really mean to really speak out as much as I did but I mean the God honest truth was I hadn't been sent anything about it about you know the the child support they never sent any they sent me something different how it never got sent to me like I said it's not I wouldn't blame anyone. It's not nobody's fault. It's just literally, it was never sent to me, honestly. And I had to protect my rights. I wasn't trying to speak out, make nobody mad. Everybody's a great person. I don't mean to disrespect anybody. Never do I. Unless, like, someone's deliberately talking about disrespecting me or talking about killing my kids or killing my people, then I'll be disrespectful. But, like, just being disrespectful for no reason. I'm not trying to do it. Now, when we walk into this family court, we got to know we're not facing the opponent. We're facing the system. They are literally the problem. They're the mom's problem, the kid's problem, and the father's problem. They're the ones making 50 bill off y'all being in there. <laughs> they make you not that particular judge, but the judges all across America. They're the ones making the bill. 50 bill annually off of y'all being in there with a V in between your names. They're the ones making the cash. Not the two, not the two, you know, not the two, uh, the defendant and the plaintiff. The defendant and the plaintiff, they're really losing. They have to pay to come in here and fight the fight. Everyone loses. You know what I mean? The kids are the ones in the middle getting playing tug of war with. They're the ones. 
They're the ones being used as pawns in these situations. Encouraged to be used as pawns in these situations. States like the one I live in don't address parental alienation because parental alienation means somebody's going to have to come in there to fight for their kids back. And when he comes in here to fight for his kids back, that's when we're going to try to make sure he has to pay. And so many of my people, no people, people been on this podcast, I know people personally who went and put their own self on child support just so they could be a part of their children's lives. Now, how that makes sense, I'm not sure. How that doesn't bother people, I'm not sure. But like, if one of those people could create that child by their self, there was ways. But those ways are very expensive. <laughs> Adoption, expensive. Surrogate mother, expensive. Sperm bank, expensive. Trap a dude, steal his kid, and make the make him fight for it in court? Free. For real. So, you gotta keep it down. So they encourage it. They encourage it. Because it brings fights about. And then when we, people come in there mad because their kids got stolen and no one talks about it and acts like it didn't happen. Or when they come in there mad because their kids aren't safe and the father's concerned about their safety. So then, sorry about that. Um, when said father comes in, uh, taking, you know, angry about his child's safety or angry uh, that he's missed out on all these things or angry. We've had dads on here with right to be angry. You know what I mean? Angry because his family got up and left. Angry because uh, he's getting ready to lose his house that he bought. Angry because he's in a marriage that, you know what I mean? Literally, some person just decided to chase some other dude. And now, when he goes to court, now he's bad guy all of a sudden, even though that person got up and left. You know what I mean? So, you're dealing with angry folks here. And then they step back, and instead of saying, hey, 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 let's cut out the stealing the kids thing and really, you know, really fix, let's kill the root. Let's take this thing from the root. They say, they look at the leaves. You guys are fighting. You guys are arguing too much. You, you know, you know, you know, you guys, you guys, no, 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 this person's dumb, and I'm dumb for being with this person, but check this out, it ain't us, though, we didn't write Title Four. we don't follow Title Four rules, we're not like, we didn't decide that we don't want to have rights as fathers, no one did, no one did, someone else did that, someone else decided, you know, someone else, Someone else, someone else put deadbeat father onto the Constitution, but didn't put deadbeat mother out of it. He, he didn't put it on there. Someone else put deadbeat father on the Constitution. It's on there, but left deadbeat mother off of it. Like, that's not a thing. You know what I'm saying? Someone did that. We didn't do it. None of the people standing at the, at the podium did it. None of the people in the chairs did it. None of the people... Standing at the podium or sitting in the chairs. Work for the people that did it. Or an organization.
organization that worked for the people or get paid from the people that did it. None of them do. In a state like mine, I didn't have nothing to do with a family court system that has been well known since the 90s. I started hearing about this system being bad in first recollection, I would say early 98, summer of fifth grade. I'm sorry, that would be early 99. So that's 90s. I was nine years old, man. That was the first time I heard about this family court system in my state being crooked. I was nine. You think that comes from a good rep? You think that's a good record to have? Bro, I was nine years old. It was 1999. (laughs) It's been known to be crooked that long where I'm from. It didn't really pertain to me, though. I was a kid, but I, it did. But I didn't recognize how it did, you know? I knew my dad wasn't on child support, but I didn't understand why or what that meant or anything like that. I didn't get it. You feel me? I was a kid. I didn't get it till I started going through this. Really? <laughs> oh, it wouldn't have mattered if he did want to come around, or it wouldn't have mattered if none of that. It wouldn't have. It wouldn't have fucking mattered because this is what the outcome would have been. They want. They didn't want him to be a part of my life. This is not my state. Why my state wanted from him was money, so they could be the middleman on it, so they could get paid. No state worker would go in court and testify that. Family courts don't make money on child support. No state worker would go in court and swear under oath that they don't make money on child support. They'll tell the people that come in and out of there, we don't make any money from this. Oh, yes, you do. (laughs) But that's not the problem here. The problem here, the elephant in the room, is these kids that they're saying they stand for and protect and love and care about. They say they care about these kids and they want to fix our community and our society. But yet all the proceeds they get from this child support money don't go to schools. They don't go to community centers. Say, man, you making a 50 bill off this shit and you ain't building schools. What's the money? (laughs) So in a community where every single in the city, I mean, the building where I, the building that's where the building stands, where they're drilling the dads, where I have a problem. That particular city has no elementary schools. They have one middle school. They have one high school. The community where my... The the community where I'm getting... Where my case is? Kids from that city leave. They pick up their things... They might not leave the city, but they damn sure don't put their kids through school there. There's been plenty of good athletes from Pontiac. But you know what the problem is? They don't want to send their kids to school in that system. In that school district. The football program getting derailed week in and week out, man. 
It's this, it's that, it's this, it's that. The good athletes get up and leave. They go up the street to St. Mary's. They go up the street to West Bluefield. They go up the street to... They're not being there. They can't. It's not... Some of them do and command them. But the reality is, if all the money that came from from that family court system there and went right into that school for all those years, bro... (laughs) Maybe they still got two instead of one high school. You know what I mean? Maybe. But I heard it, it was talked about when we was in high school, the, the conditions of the other school. You know what I mean? It was talked about. It was well known. But why? When at that point in time, dads were getting drilled at that same building. <laughs> they were getting drilled at that same building. Where's the money? They got it still. They still got it. Whoever was designing them cases, it went right back to them. If it's for families, why doesn't it go back to the community? Why is no one mad about it? Because we don't know. (laughs) For real. Folks would be mad if they found out this is what's going on. In that community right there, if that community, every single person in that community knew that this was the case, do you know how outraged they would be? If they knew. This it's making a fifty bill ticket. I've been now. I've been asking people how much money do y'all think this thing generates annually, and people get a mill. Some people say a couple bill, maybe, but they don't think it do bigger than the league. Not not the big one, but they do. Four times what they do, and people don't even know what Title Four is. It's a problem. Feel me? Listen. So I went to court, uh, and they just, we got to the title four, it was spurred on me, it got pushed back, uh, and I won't lie, man, I was really, really stressed out, man, leading up to court a little bit, I knew God had it, though, you know what I mean, but, like, I didn't really get, like, so I was chill, but then, when I realized they didn't really care about me or to hear me speak, or like it just felt like they had their plan like they had a formula that they follow we get that in here we help mom keep dad from his children that he created because had she had the money to go create the kids herself it would have been very expensive so we're just gonna help keep this thing going uh it's pretty much robbery it's robbery how much is it you know so anyways, they keep the cycle going. The cycle keeps going. And um, yeah, man, like that. That's how it goes, man. Uh, this is my thing. Um, I was, I've seen it and I've talked about it on this podcast for months now with other dads. I've talked about it on this podcast. For, I've been podcasting for over a year now. So I've been talking about it for a long time what this is. I've been talking about it, man. It's the real thing, man. It's the real thing. This was the business. This ain't about me. This ain't about my kids. This ain't about they. This ain't about none of that. This is about the formula they're following to keep people in, keep Title IV dollars rolling. Again, if the people of this community that my case is in knew how much money year in and year out 
is if there was public record of the money from each year that each county brought in for child support that they made from Title IV, if that was public down to like the last dollar, I guarantee you there's been enough just in one year of Title IV money from the county I'm talking about to change the entire face of that school district. I guarantee it. So anyways, down to the nitty gritty. Um, what happened next was unprecedented. Uh, someone would say, someone could say, oh, it's dramatic. But if what happened next happened to their kids, they'd be pretty upset too. Uh, I come, my kids come back. Faces all beat up. Uh, obviously clear sign of negligence going on on the other side. Uh, they're being left alone with the dolphin, uh, a known dolphin, a known drunk. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're being left alone with the person who's never came to court any of these times. We've been to court multiple times. The person's never showed their face. But the community itself knows this person is an alcoholic and are drunk. Now, no parent touching my case. See, I got to keep it quiet. So, I'm pretty much ducking around the room. My kids are out there, man. They're playing with their tablets. Uh, my daughter has her headphones on. My son has his up so loud that... <laughs> You can hear it from three rooms away. Her daughter's yelling across the table everything she's saying because she's got those headphones on. And, uh, good to have them here. Uh, so, so, uh, no parent, um, involved with my case would leave their child with a dolphin. No parent would be okay with a dolphin watching their child up and them coming home with these injuries. No one would be like, no biggie about that child support. No one would do that. Um, no one would do it. So why the state has laws to ignore my ability to protect my children uh, in these situations and has laws that are bent towards making me just pay to play instead of, you know, just allowing me fa- allowing me to be a father, man, to the children that I created, man. They look like me. They move like me. You know, why, why should I have to pay for something that was taken from me? Now, it's my God-given right to be a parent, and as far as I see it, So as I was saying, I'm ducking room to room here uh, to record this episode, but this episode really needs to be recorded, so um, be a little quiet and do what it takes um, to get the podcast recorded. Um, so, But my children are really preoccupied right now, um, and so they're not thinking about me at this present second, and when they do get to thinking about me, they're getting ready to yell for me. 
<laughs> let their presence be known. Uh, they left the screen for me. See, see, there it is. I'm gonna go check on that. So, um, pretty much what went down was I, <laughs> like, I get my kids, I see these injuries to them, and I'm, <laughs> it's crazy that I'm sneaking to record this episode, but it's just so free, I'm free, I feel free, but I'm sneaking to do my episode right now, talking all quiet, uh, but no, because they don't need to hear any of this energy, all they need to hear is smiles, good times, and feel free from any uh, drama, but this update is needed for my um, dedicated uh, followers, listeners, man, that's been, that have been following this case and the story and uh, listening to this podcast regularly. Again, we do appreciate that. Uh, you know, I get these, my kids back, they have these injuries, and I just had trial a couple days prior, and they didn't care about my children's safety, so now at this point, I honestly felt, uh, it was, it was a sense of helplessness, it felt a little helpless there, I was like, this felt like, as a parent, as a father, it felt like there was really, was, what is your next, like, what, you know, so, I, the first day I really just asked God, God, what do you want me to do, man? Because my my situation didn't start changing until I decided I was gonna get get with God how I'm supposed to be. Until I lean, I got really got to lean in on my faith like how I was supposed to. That's when my needles started to move. You know what I mean? I really put put a lot of a lot of trust in the God, man, and trust that the things that I wouldn't be able to see. That I wasn't seeing now. I soon one day would be able to see. And I really believed it. So. uh, I I, I woke up really early. On that Saturday. day after I had him. um, And God was really on my spirit. Uh, Anyone who's listened to this podcast. Knows I've. There's been two. Out of all the times. CPS has been involved in my case. One time, two times have I had logical workers that didn't come to work with a bias, that didn't come to work with a plan, that didn't come to work with anything except for the safety of my children on their mind. And the, and those people I know go to work. Those two people I was talking about, I'm talking about now from the years, from the years. You've heard all the death threats to my children on my podcast. You've heard so many things um, from the mother of my children uh, but no one has gotten anything really done as far as making sure they were safe now there's been two people that have tried and I know for a fact that those people do great work day in and day out when they get up and they put their badge on for the state and work and, and uh, they take that job serious they protect children because that's what their job title says they do. Those people take their job serious. The rest of the agents on my uh, case, uh, a lot of the people I spoke with concerning my case, these folks, I don't know how it went over their heads, but I forgive them 
But I think that my case is a great example as to why uh, we need to look at that a little more, study it a little more. But at any rate, I woke up early that morning with a heavy spirit to uh, contact them again, man, and let them know, man, look, man, my kids are flat out to come, you know, what's going on? Pause again. Great times. I love the pause podcast because I get the opportunity to go be a father. I wouldn't rather pause podcast for anything other, any other thing, you know, in the world other than to go be a father, man. So that makes me extremely happy. Um, so, uh, I had to make another call, uh, to CPS. Like any fucking parent who was concerned about his children's safety would do. So that's what I did. Um, and CPS, um, I just want to say this too, man, um, you know, sometimes God will use, uh, somebody you don't like, (laughs) you know what I mean? If you know anything about me, you know, about this podcast, you know, I was not feeling CPS or any of the work they do. I was completely against everything they had going on, um, I knew there was good workers, but I woke up uh, in the morning, and God actually told me, he said, man, just try again, man, tell them, what else can you do, son, do it again, so, I thought to myself, I sat there for a long time, and God, this is, can't possibly be what you're telling me to do, these people don't listen, man, for real, they do not listen, and he said, listen to what I'm trying to tell you right now five o'clock in the morning so I was like all right but God will use people who you don't necessarily like all that much or who you don't necessarily trust all that much and he will still he'll use those people and he'll ask you to trust those people and that's what he'll do to deliver his message he'll use those people um so what what happened when I called CPS this time well this time they did the thing this time they did their job this time I got us, each person, step by step by step, everyone was a competent worker. Everyone was hands-on. Everyone did their job with open ears. Everyone had a good heart. Everyone was, everyone, everyone, every single human being that I spoke to that day had God in their heart. That's the only other way I could put it, man. And I was still honest with them, even though I felt the God in each one of their hearts. Listen, your agency hasn't been working for me too much or none. I'ma just give, you know, it's not their fault. It's not particularly that person. It's not. So I had court got, trial got adjourned uh, earlier in the week, and it got adjourned to uh, this past Tuesday, and that happened, but when we got there the day before, CPS had given me temporary, uh, 
I guess you could say, custody of my children. Um, it's, I don't know if you would say it like that, but the safety plan right now is for the children to be with me. Um, there's a couple hoops, a couple other things we have to do. Obviously, um, they wanted me to take them to urgent care. We took them. Uh, we wanted me everything out. Everything they asked me to do, I did. Uh, but the thing is, the thing for me is, perhaps my children wouldn't have been injured at all during that week. Had earlier in that week, the right thing had been done. But I'm sure it's no one's fault. You know what I mean? But I'm just saying, man. What if it was something more serious? And while I was in here trying to explain, no one cared. No one really wanted to even address it too much or none because of how the system is or whatever it may be. We have to start looking at these systems and start asking for change. We need to start demanding change, in fact. Because dad comes in on a Tuesday, says his kids are at risk, you know, First dad comes in over 400 days ago, says his kids are at risk. We don't see him for over 400 days. When we finally get to the point where it should be talked about, we pretty much don't talk about it. And then the less than five days later, his kids come back to him beat up. <laughs> what could have prevented that? Mm. I think I have an idea. I think what could have prevented it was listening to the concerns of the father 400 plus days ago. I think that's what could have prevented it. So this was an update podcast. Um, so I'm going to keep you up. I'm going to keep keep updating here, uh, obviously. Uh, so my kids have been with me now uh, for seven days. We got to court. I'm going to get back to that court there the next Tuesday, uh, the following Tuesday. We're all there to, to get to the Title IV money is really what it was. Let's get down to Title IV. We can't leave out of here without Title IV. Big stuff. And the fact of the matter is, is that my kids are, you know, being left alone with the Dauphine. Huh? There's other red flags in this as well. I'd love to brush over real fast here it was said to me uh, by a state employee that the warrant that the defendant has was looked into extensively and the word was extensively looked into extensively when I asked about the warrant. So after court that and this was this was this was not the first this wasn't last this wasn't this past Tuesday, this was the first Tuesday of the month. So I'm like, no, no. Cause I literally had the officer the uh, who reported it literally just left a message on my phone and said Look like still shaking on our end. I don't know what what they talking about. 
Because mind you, this person has been leaving out of the family courtroom time in and time out. Dads who have worn some family court, I've had them on my podcast, okay, for super small things, and they're going to jail that day. So I'm like, yo, whoa, whoa, what's up? Why is mom just waltzing I'm out of here with their warrant like nothing's going on? Oh, oh, they don't want her. They don't want her. They, they, we don't see it. We're looking into it extensively is what was said to me. So what did I do? I hung up my phone and I made the call to the building right where it says the warrant was out of because I want to know about this extensive search I was told about. Man, I make one call and with less than three minutes, and I recorded it all, less than three minutes, warrant confirmed. I'm like, ma'am, are you sure? Because family court keeps saying, you guys, there's nothing there. And you know what she did? She repeated it to me like I was deaf. (laughs) So, I don't know what kind of extensive search was done, but... I can guarantee you, arresting mom any of those times and putting, you know, looking out for the safety of the children, because it's not about that, man. It's not a war here. It's about the safety of the kids. I don't want nobody in jail. I don't like jail. I don't like the state arresting people because they're making a business out of it. They make everything a business. Insurance, business, Criminal justice, huge business, fucking family court, big business. Everything's a business. Nothing's like pure. So, no, I don't want nobody to go to jail, but I want them to follow their own rules that they make and make me follow and make the rest of the dads follow. Why shouldn't anyone else have to follow those same rules? Doesn't make sense to me. So, gotta pause it. I hear some, I hear some monsters coming (laughs) so I've done this podcast stretched out throughout (laughs) random lots of the day because I'm with the kids but like I said uh, I um I'm ducked off but yeah let's get back to where we were I believe where we were uh something else that was brushed over how in the holy smoke does my order say I don't get to see my kids 50-50 until school ends? But as it turns out, my kids aren't even in school. So who's responsible for that? Is it the defendant for lying and saying that my kids were in school and they weren't? Or is it the court for knowing my kids weren't in school and just writing up a report that has me not getting my kids till after school when my kids aren't even in school. So what's school got to do with it if my kids aren't in school? I'll tell you. If we start this thing off with me not getting 50-50 till June, that puts us in prime time to have child support talks. <laughs> no, 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 better yet. My DNA wasn't free. If someone wanted my DNA for my kids, I needed some money for that. 
I, what that, I never agreed or had any verbal agreements to give my kids away for free. My DNA costs money. So the fact that we're in court to say I owe anyone any money is preposterous. My DNA was taken from me and stolen. Now, if you wanted to surrogate what father was a, would that be? Or if you wanted to sperm bank, that's where you go for that. But if you're trying to get it out of me, I think I need some money. I, I, no, no, no. Because my product I have, and I turned into the court, me asking for my kids for years. So, yeah. I really wasn't in a good mood after court uh, on the first of the month, but God wasn't done working. You know what I mean? That's why it's not important, it's important to not look at where you're standing and think that's the end-all, be-all. Not only look behind you and think it's the end-all, be-all. Because if he's, he might tell you to move and move in a way that you failed before. You know what I mean? I tried to protect my kids with CPS before multiple times. It didn't work. They didn't care. This, whoever I got this time, was a leader. This human being cared about my children, man. She cared about them being threatened. She cared about them being left with a dope fiend. It wasn't just, let's get dad on child support. Because this caseworker didn't see any money from Title IV. I'm talking quiet. It sounds like there's a lot going on around me. It's because I'm underneath all the action. There's a lot of action going on. So I'm just jumping on the floor, yelling and stuff. So it sounds like there's a lot of action. Uh... That's what it is, though, man. I wanted to update my listeners, let them know. So by the grace of God and by faithful prayer was I able to find and come across um, uh, a good working state agent uh, who worked for an agency that was supposed to protect children but hadn't done so for me prior. And God said, don't. Look at your past. Don't look at what they've done prior. Don't look at that. You look at, you know what you need to look at? You need to look at, what am I telling you to do? So that's what I did, man. I listened to what God was telling me in my spirit. He said, do this. I did this. My children are here right now. Maybe he was aligning all of this in his way. I had no clue. I'm really not sure. But what I do know. 400% fact uh, is that I've had my children now uh, with me full time for seven days and uh, first time I've gotten to spend the time with my children it's been great man (laughs) it's been great man it's been a great feeling man it doesn't feel like I've won anything because this is my time with my kids but it feels like Feels like I trusted God. Feels like. Feels like I was faithful with what He told me to do. Feels like I trusted the Holy Spirit. The small, still sign of the Holy Spirit. It feels like. God is actually a real thing. wake up, see my kids on a weekday, I get to actually have the opportunity to parent here, man, my kids aren't in school, I get to actually have the opportunity to 
learn with them in class. Like, watch them learn. Help them develop learning. Like, I gotta get to be there for some of that now. How long? Who knows? Since CPS's court, the ball is right now. I have no clue what's gonna happen, to be quite honest. And they've never done anything for my children ever before. So, especially not to this degree. So, but yeah. I'm going to keep trusting God, man. And I think the moral to this podcast today will be um, remain faithful, man. And uh, trust. And lean on your faith. You know what I mean? That's really, really important. Trusting and leaning on your faith is extremely important. Whatever that faith may be. You know? And listen. Be still. God tell you to go back to something that didn't work before. It wouldn't be in your best interest to run from him. He trying to feed you. Why would you run back to Egypt for free fish? To run from the Lord who's giving you what you're looking for for free. You ain't gotta be a slave. Be patient. If he says go back, go. If he says go to what? You can't run. You can't go down. You can't run. You can't run. You literally just have to trust the Lord and that's what I did and I've been able to see my children they're safe it's not about winning it's not about me trying to none of that it's not about it's, it's not about none of that it's about me being a parent bro it's about my kids being safe it's about my daughter waking up saying she's having bad dreams she's back at her mom's house I had a bad dream what was it I was back at mommy what does that sound like it's all good and dandy over there these kids, you know, they finally get a chance to relax over here. They don't have to squeeze all their time in. They're slowly letting their cars down. They're, they're looking like there's, you know what I mean? Listen, man, this is a podcast to let every father know, man. Since the last time I podcasted this st- state I live in, literally tried to ignore my concerns, forced me into Title Four, and then literally five, less than five days later, less than four days later, my children were abused or suffered neglect, however you want to put it, it's on you, but there was harm done, and then in the following days, the Child Protective Services would take my children from said defendant and place them in my care, which honestly I believe should have been done a long time ago due to the safety of my children. Um, oh, they were called five times and nothing was ever done before. So what, does that change the fact that the police called them for one of the five? A hospital called them for one of the five. You or anyone pointing out that CBS was called multiple times before, in my opinion, I would feel like 
all it would really do would was point out how long it took to be heard. I appreciate that. It did take a long time. Yeah, it did, but it just keeps happening. That's why I I, I was you can't make this stuff up. They ignored me on a Tuesday, and by the next Tuesday, there had already been another case of negligence. There had already been abuse. There had already been injury sustained. Why? Because they wasn't looking at the kids. They trying to look at money. <laughs> That's the problem. That's why we podcast. That's why I can't stop interviewing dads. I had to do today. I really have not been enjoying talking about my situation because I spent the full season talking about me. I don't like doing these podcasts with just me. I'd rather hear other people say that their stories and we can all see that it's not just me. You know what I mean? I do apologize for the background noise. Apologize for having to keep the tone down. My next podcast I do, I won't be talking about my case as much so I won't have to be as quiet. I could be a little bit louder having conversations but this one I have to keep a little low. So that's how it is. Uh, for this episode, but um, moving forward, I'm going to continue to enjoy being a father, I'm going to continue to enjoy doing some of the things, you know, my kids had never been sledding, they had never built an igloo out the snow, they had never, this summer, they had never been to a beach, there had never, so many little things that come with life that they hadn't even done, I don't know what was going on, they were missing life, you know what I mean, but I do know what was going on. They were in a bad spot. My children aren't in school. My daughter hasn't been to school since it was hot out. My children haven't been to school. They're not in any online learning. They're not in anything like that. Why? Plenty of children all around this country are enrolled online school. Yes, Corona. But what parents are not doing anything with their kids, man? don't have them in anything. They're either in school or they're not in school. That's what it is. If they're not in school because we don't believe because of the corona and they want you to put your kids at risk going to school, do something else. You don't just not have them in school at all, bro. That's the dumbest thing I've heard, bro. The dumbest, bro. The dumbest, man. And that's what went on with my case. But listen, this podcast is so that this isn't to bash nobody. This isn't to none of that. This podcast ain't about ah, oh, I was wrong. None of that. Was it wrong? What they did to my blood happened to my children again, right under their noses while they're focused on money. Yes, very wrong. But I can't let that stop. Hearing dad's story stop me from hearing dad's stories. I can't let that stop me from. Uh, Asking dads questions, teaching dads about Title IV, uh, encouraging dads to go back in there knowing that they're up against this demonic formula which e- takes dad out the equation and factors it in his cheese. Uh, yeah, we're going to keep talking dads through it. That's what we're going to do. We're going to use this pain and use it to help. That's what we're going to do. It's the only thing we can do. Um, 
yeah, man, so that's it, man, moving forward, at least we don't have another court date until April, so moving forward, um, yeah, moving forward, um, unless our case obviously is closed a little sooner here or whatever, but, you know, I don't, I don't, whatever the case may be, I just have no plans on just laying down regardless and letting harm happen to my children while the state turns a blind eye and chases Title Four and acts like no one knows what it is. Like, I can't, I can't, I can't be a part of that. And I'm going to encourage dads to not be a part of that too. I'm going to encourage dads to go in there and say the words Title Four. Right in their faces and, and, and right in their eyes because that's the big secret. Yeah, we know about it. Title Four, it's real. You guys are making bank. Stop playing. It's coming right to your dollar, bro. So right to your pocket. Stop playing. The more people know about this Title Four, the better we'll be in the long run. And that's a fact. Sorry about that. This podcast, again, is created to man, put spark under a dad who's literally feeling drained, who feels like he's up against it. This podcast was created to show that over 450 days passed after I filed my emergency motion before I, I had a trial date. No one told me what was going on. Now, I don't know whose problem, who, who, who did what, but I know it's not accessible. You know what I mean? I know, I know, I know my court was adjourned multiple, multiple, my trial was adjourned multiple, multiple, multiple times. I know that. I know that even if the, even if the adjournment was being asked on my end, it should have been, the answer should have been no a long time ago. It said kids were threatened to be killed. We get into that right now. At any rate. I can't keep hiding around the house trying to record this podcast. So, man, if you know somebody, man, who uh, wants to speak on this podcast and tell their story, we're going to continue to hear stories from fathers um, all through the rest of season two. I believe there'll be nine more episodes of season two till we get to 50, and then we'll start season three. Again, asking all dads, we're going by the 50. Um, asking all dads um, what's going on, you know what I mean, How, what they're going through, their experience. Uh, I appreciate you listening. Take this link, copy it, copy the link, send it to a dad who doesn't get to see his children. Uh, if you do know a dad who doesn't get to see his kids, make sure you tell him and remind him, listen, we are a community. You're not alone. It's not an isolated incident. Uh, try to keep your head up. Remember, there's 21 dads a week who... Um, Resort to suicide uh, as an accident, as a uh, result to uh, child access issues. And if you know a dad like that, man, try to get him this podcast over so he can see that if you keep fighting, uh, you can't be triumphant, man. But you win a hundred percent of the fights that you don't fight. So try not to not fight. Try to show up to the fight and try to keep your hands up, man. Look alive. It's a war out there. I appreciate you all for listening. Um, Stay safe.